from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. Season 3, Episode 21 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Jawan Lee joined by my co-host, Dean Rule. And Dean, I think I should pop some champagne a little bit because my my streak is over. I finally picked a game correctly. Um, big thanks to Ollie Gordon for that in Oklahoma State's big fourth quarter, but I, I finally picked a game correctly. I mean, I think we almost had to start calling you the, the 2008 Detroit Lions. With the way you, were <laughs> you almost went winless. Uh, we're starting to get worried. <laughs> well, shout out, shout out to OSU. Um, Another impressive day for Ollie Gordon. Oklahoma State beats West Virginia 48 to 34 behind a 28-point fourth quarter. Um, and speaking on that, I, I just want to start there. They go into that quarter down 24 to 20, and you get a huge quarter from Ollie Gordon, big quarter from this offense. Dean, walk me through that final quarter there. You know, if anything, Juwan, I think it almost felt reminiscent of Iowa State a month ago. They went into that fourth quarter trailing by, I think it was four. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can pull up the exact amount. But uh, point being, they're, they're trailing in that game. They, yeah, they were down 20, 20 to 27 heading into the fourth quarter of that Iowa State game. And they're, so they're down seven against the Cyclones, down four against West Virginia. And obviously they, they ended up losing that game against Iowa State. Um but Ali Gordon was the difference against Mount uh, against West Virginia. You know, when you score three touchdowns in a quarter, um, when you have tw- a tw- I mean, two on twenty eight point. We've we've spent a lot of time this season talking about they can't even get thirty points in a game. <laughs> well, they almost did it in a quarter. Um, and so I think when you talk about where this team was a month ago versus where they are now, that's a good kind of look because both of those were road games both of those were both of those were conference road games trailing entering the fourth quarter a month ago they lose in that situation now they're able to pull that out and they're able to win by double digits i don't think i gordon can rush for three touchdowns every fourth quarter um going forward but still i think that shows you just how valuable of a player He's been because, you know, they started to get him going against Iowa State. I, I really think when we talk about Ollie Gordon as the lead back, it starts when OSU get when OSU got to conference play. Right. And this is just a continuation of that. But it's also gotten exponentially better. And it's what's allowed OSU to all of a sudden pull out those, those wins in games they're, they're trailing in. So we have the for the second consecutive week, Ollie Gordon has been named Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. Um, you touched on it three three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, four touchdowns overall. Ran the ball twenty nine times for two hundred and eighty two yards. Fourth consecutive game of over a hundred yards, and I mean th- this started against this started against ISU one hundred and twenty one rushing yards, and he had one hundred and thirty six against K State, one hundred and sixty eight against Kansas, and now two hundred and eighty two against West Virginia. What is the biggest credit to Ollie Gordon's breakout these past four games? I think there's a couple things that you can factor into it, Juwan. Um, I think the easiest spot to start would be 
that offensive line has really created opportunity for him. Um, they're getting that push. It's it's clicked out of the bye week. That offensive line play has really tightened up, improved vastly. And I thought, you know, a month ago, that wasn't going to be the case. What they were a month ago was what I kind of thought they would be for the entire season. But they've proved me wrong in, in that regard because they're getting that push. They're having the run blocking. They've got that that going for them now. Same with the pass blocking. Um, and I know we'll we'll get into the pass game here in a little bit, but I think that's where that's the key. And if you ask Mike Gundy, that's what he says the key is as well. It, it's the offensive line play because when that's playing well, then everything else can play well. Um, and then the other thing I think more from a run game perspective is they've kind of tightened up the, the playbook instead of trying to do a bunch of different things. They're trying to do several things really well. And so I think they've kind of cut the dead weight out of the playbook and what they're doing. And they're focusing on three or four things. And that's really allowed, you know, it's hard to multitask. Um, And I think when you can really just focus in on one thing, in in this case, just a couple of things um, to be, to try to excel at, I think that's really helped. And then the other thing is I think, how and I don't have numbers to back this up, Juwan, but I think talking with some people around the program, what's really helped with Ali Gordon is they're just giving him the ball and telling him, you know, run it up the gut, right? There's no more bouncing right. outside trying to, you know, you're not putting him. I know we don't have video um, on this podcast, but they're not turning him sideways and asking him to bounce outside. Instead, they're saying go up the middle. And then, you know, break through that first level. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're staring straight down the field instead of coming at it from a side angle. And I think what's, what that's doing is Ali Gordon's kind of shown he can be elusive. And, and I think that's probably the biggest surprise that, that Ali Gordon has shown this year is he's not just a power back. He, he's got some, some kind of finesse to his play. And when you just give him the ball, say, go up the middle. He's got his eyes downfield, and I think that's what's allowed him to make. Then he makes those cuts, and then he bounces it outside. I think that's how he's been able to get those huge chunk plays that have really driven OSU's offense uh, these past four games. So I think the, so. I think when you talk about what's allowed Ali Gordon to, to kind of step up, um, I think those are the those are the main things that go into it, as well as he's shown he can handle the workload. Right, durability is always the question with running backs. Um, because that, that position takes hits. They get hurt. That's how it goes. Um, but I think he's gone now. Let's see. I wrote it yesterday. I think he went – so we went 29 against West Virginia. I think 29 against Kansas, 25 – or no, 21 against K-State, and then 18 against Iowa State. So they've increased the workload every week. I, I think 30 carries a week might be a little much, Juwan. But he's he can you know he's shown he can handle it. I don't know how long that can last, but you know having him somewhere in the mid to low twenties in terms of rushes per game, I think that's that's right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, and you, I mean, you said it. And that was going to be my next question. What has Mike Gundy said about 
the possibility of either increasing or decreasing some of his workload. Because, I mean, back-to-back games of nearly 30 carries is a lot for a running back to to have. And you don't want to take the ball out of one of, you know, the hot hands on the offense. But just looking at the volume of carries that he's had, what does Mike Gundy have to say about his workload moving forward? Yeah, I think – you know, I think we all like to do it in when we talk about sports. Jawan is, I think we tend to overthink a lot of times, right? Like, oh, well, can it, can it really keep going? And anyone think this one? I think you just play simple, and I think that's Mike Gundy's plan. You keep feeding him, you keep giving him the ball, and you keep letting him do what he does. Um, so yeah, like 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 I said, you know, thirty might be a bit much, but what's nice, and I think it doesn't get talked about a ton. Obviously, you know, when Ali Gordon's rushing for 200-plus yards, um, the backup is not going to ever really get discussed. But I think Jaden Nixon and the role he's kind of fallen into of, you know, letting Ali Gordon catch his breath or, or you know, take a couple snaps off. Jaden Nixon's, I think, been really efficient in that reserve role. And that helps, too, um, in, in, in terms of if – you need to give him, give Ollie Gordon a breather. If maybe you need to keep him out for a couple drives, maybe he, you know, gets a, gets a stinger and, and he's, you know, maybe gets hitting the leg or something. He needs to take a drive or two off. Jaden Nixon's I think shown he's capable of filling in for that, filling in that role. And I think that's a, a massive boost for um, Ollie Gordon and his durability because you now have that safety net. I don't think Jaden Nixon is going to put up a 282 rushing yard performance. He could, um, you know, if you gave him 30 carries and maybe he does it, who knows? But point being, he he's really been that 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 safety net that's needed at a position like that. So we have OSU with 48 points, the most since a road game since 2019 against Oregon State. A part of that is Alan Bowman, who was 24 of 36. 210 yards and two touchdowns. Talk to me about how he looked out there Saturday. Once again, you know, when you get the, the, when you have the offensive line going and then you get the run game going, Alan Bowman's job becomes exponentially easier. Um, And I think what's been Alan Bowman's greatest strength, and he he snapped his streak um, against West Virginia, but, but he's played turnover free football when it's needed uh he you know he threw a bad intercept. He, he tried to make a throw that he probably should not have tried to make to begin with um and he, he threw an interception against west virginia but before that you know he, he'd gone 10 quarters without turning over the ball he's not taking sacks he's not you know there's none of those those negative plays are few and far between with him at quarterback which is great a lot of what I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, Dean. No, no, go ahead, Dean. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, yeah. And then, well, and then I just think when he does drop back and when they are asking him to throw, he's got six years of experience. And I I still always think it's super impressive that the coaches he's played for, you know, uh Cliff Kingsbury, Jim Harbaugh, and now Mike Gundy, who are all pretty prolific college quarterbacks. So six years of experience with with those three guys. He's just managing the game. He's doing a good job. He, he's helping complement Ollie Gordon's run game. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think 
you know, I, I think he's thrown off the back foot still a little bit too much. Um, I think I think the coaches have kind of said they want him to set his feet a little more, cut down on those at-risk throws. And I think he's trending in a positive direction for those two things. But if, if you're looking for something to kind of critique on his play, I think you'd look in those two areas right now. Uh, but overall, I think he's complimenting the Ollie Gordon show fairly well right now. Alan Bowman, 24 completions. 15 of those came from Brandon Presley and Rashad Owens. How did this OSU receiving core look to you? Right. I think Rashad Owens has really been um, – he, he's done exactly what they needed him to do, kind of filling in for Dazon Stribling. Brandon Presley's getting the ball more. They're, they're, the wide receiver group, it's it's a little thin right now. Um you know, they had some injuries. That's that's really kind of cut down on the depth. But they're still getting the ball to playmakers and they're doing what they're supposed to do. I, I think the best compliment I can give to it is just it complements the run game. Um, I, I don't think it's... It, I think we're st- we still need to see a game, Juwan, where the pass... The... the passing side of OSU's offense wins them a football game. I don't think we've seen that just yet. Um, and maybe somebody disagrees with me on that. But I think, you know, tight game, fourth quarter, and the the run game's obviously shown it can win OSU that, that football game. Will we ever see the pass game do that? And I think that's what will be interesting um, to kind of watch down the road. Until then, I think it's just been very complimentary toward the run game, and that's all that they need to do right now because the run game is is firing on all cylinders. When the run game's not, can the pass game lift OSU to a win? That's what I think is going to be interesting to see um, moving forward. On the flip side of things, you know, OSU gets 48 points on the board. West Virginia puts up 34. Um OSU secondary gave up a big completion, 13 touchdown pass of 25 yards or more when they gave up a 45-yard touchdown in the second quarter. Um, talk to me about the OSU secondary and kind of how that unit looked against this West Virginia offense. I mean, that stat is so staggering to hear. 13 touchdown, not just completions, touchdown passes of 25 or more yards. And and that's just, you know, that's the casualty of needing to rely on on underclassmen in the secondary, um, you know, I was talking with I was talking with somebody the other day about this, and I said, right now, yeah, you, you're going to have to deal with the growing pains, um, but two or three years from now, if you can, you know, modern day in college football, you, you can't guarantee what your roster is going to look like in a couple of years. But point being, if you can retain those players then I think you've got a really strong secondary. Um, but right now, this is just the casualty of injuries and transfer losses. You you have to play young if you're OSU in the secondary. And, um, you know, at, at times they've looked good. At times there have been those lapses that lead to statistics like that. Um, but overall, uh, you, you know, it, it needs to be cleaned up as best you can at this point, right? You know, you just have to, these are the, these are the tools you have 
You can't do anything about it. You got to make it work, right? And, and I think they're doing an all right job at that. It, it's just the big plays that have continuously got them so far. And if they can, you just you need to find a way to cut down on that. I think if you're um, Brian Nardo and the defensive staff, you know, just here's what you've got. Make it work as best as you can because um, you can't change anything at this current. You can't, you know, magically heal an injured player. You can't magically bring in a veteran all of a sudden. This is just what you've got, and you've got to go with it. Um, so I think that that definitely lends itself to to issues in, in the pass game and, and the coverage. Um, and, and then I think it was interesting with the the run game, you know, uh, West Virginia's quarterback, Garrett Green, he he was able to move around. He was able to extend plays. Um, I think he had over 100 yards rushing uh, on Saturday. And, and I think that's kind of an interesting lapse uh, for OSU's run defense, which has been pretty solid, I think, through uh, through a couple games or through most of conference. But, I mean, right now I'm looking at it, they're ranked 81st in rushing defense, um, which is not – a great number, but they've been able to shut down some pretty dynamic run games, especially, I mean, just look at what they did against Kansas. Um, but yeah, Garrett green, you know, he, he made some plays, he extended drives. I think they, they let up a couple third and long plays go. And uh, that's always going to be a problem when, when you let teams extend drives that way. But the defense it, it's, it's interesting Juwan, because when it kind of matters, like game on the line late, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter, they're able to get those stops and get off the field. Um, I think they have some lapses early on in games, but they've kind of been able to tighten up. And, and I don't know if that's a compliment to Brian Nardo or if that's a compliment more so to just the, you know, the talent, the high-end talent making plays that need to be made. Um, so, it, so it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde a little bit with that defense and just how how they, they kind of progress through games, which I think is, is kind of interesting. So we're seeing this defense ability to kind of make adjustments throughout the game. I was looking at the stat where in first half, West Virginia was five of seven on third down in the second half, they were three of eight, but big picture. This is what I want to, this is what I want to ask you. And I don't want to bring down the mood of, of Oklahoma state fans because they're on the, they're on a three game win streak. But three of the past four games, um, OSU has given up 30-plus points. And in many people's eyes, this offense is playing above expectations. Is there a point where you start to get overly concerned about this defense? Or has that time already come and this offense, and this offense has just been able to overcome them? My So my view, whenever you've got – I, I kind of hold this for – um, I guess maybe more for watching the NFL, but I, I, I refuse to kind of pass judgment on a rookie until his second year because it takes time. <laughs> right. And so I think that's why it's hard to kind of with the defense, you have to have gone in with, you know, with a new coordinator moving up an entire, you know, level from D two to D one, there were going to be issues. It like, it is going to take time to get that going. Um, and overall, 
Yeah, the 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 amount of points we're letting up is not like you you, you can't make an excuse for that, right? That, that's not good. Um, when you're letting up thirty and and because you never know, you know, the offense can easily have a bad game. You can't rely on offense. I guess you can. I don't know. I'm thinking through it in my head right now. I guess you can, you know, rely on offense every every day. You know, the Big Twelve has done that for years. Uh, you know. There have been the 52 to 51 games, and whoever <laughs> has the ball last wins. Um, so I think that there's good and bad you can draw from it. I think when you look around and you see, you know, Kendall Daniels is making plays. Nicholas Martin, who I don't think many expected to have a huge role, is leading the Big 12 in total tackles right now. Um, I think the defensive line has been a little better than than most expected. So you've got that and you've got a young secondary. I, I think it all, you know, if you cut out the big play, even if you, the, the amount of big plays they're letting up, even if you cut it in half, I'm not saying completely eliminate it. Um, I think that would do, that would that'd have major improvement um, overall. But I don't think you're going to see like a, a huge click and it's just going to all of a sudden become like a top 25 defense. It's. I think it's just, it, from the beginning. I always felt when they hired Brian Nardo, it's going to take time. It, it's not going to be a perfect product. I mean, it, it never will be a perfect product, but it's not going to be, uh, you know, this this dominant defense right out of the gate. Even though they do have some players who are really dominant, it, it was going to take time. And you know, I think you just start with implementing the basics, and then I think as the years kind of progress, they're going to be able to get more and more intricate. Similar to kind of what Jim Knowles did. You know, Jim Knowles' first year was that defense was not good. But by the end of his tenure in Stillwater, uh, that was a top five deep. I forget what they ranked in total defense, but, you know, that was a top five defense. So I think there's definitely reason to be concerned. Um, I just think it's a little too early in his tenure to be like, yeah, this is not going to work. Um, I, I think you got to give it another year or two before you really start to sit, before you really have to sit down and say, is what we're doing the correct way to go about this? Right. And just, and just elaborating on that a little bit, when we talk about Nardo's tenure and kind of like the big picture view, are we kind of saying that this is what this defense is going to be this year? Yeah, I think, I think th- this defense can make plays when they need to um the defense will also probably be the reason games are closer than they should be um you know i think i have it i have it circled in here juan in my notes because i thought it was a very interesting stat about this defense they are in the nation if i can find it here we go. Fourth down defense uh, ranks fourth in the FBS. Uh, Miami of Florida, Florida, and Western Michigan all rank ahead of them. They have allowed teams, teams have attempted 14 fourth down attempts against them. OSU's allowed them to convert three of them. And so I think when, you know, that's a number you can look at and say, you know, most teams are, 
eh, fourth down is kind of a weird conversation these days because there's all these analytics that say when you should and when you shouldn't. But for the most part, you know, fourth down attempts come late in games, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that plays into when it really matters, when they really need to make a stop, they've done it, right? That doesn't change the fact, though, that the score might be 38 to 31 because OSU's <laughs> defense has let up some big plays. Um, and so I think when, when your offense is rolling like it is, you'll probably take what you have right now because there's still the potential for it to eventually become something better, right? That you have the, you hire, you go out and you hire a young coordinator, unproven, more than likely this guy's going to be around for the long term. You know, he, he's, he, you, you invest all of that. You invest, you know, you, you take what he is and you invest time into it and you see what it spits out. Um, this was not, you know, an experienced hire like Derek Mason was a year ago where he comes in and you, you know, you almost have the idea of like this defense can continue being what it's been, um, because they've got an experienced, uh, kind of established guy coming in. Well, now you don't have that. This was always going to be a long-term thing from my view, at least, and just kind of talking with people. So there's going to be the growing pains that go along with it. What they are now. I mean, we're seven games into them. We're past halfway. This is mm-hmm. what they look like now is closer to what it will look like at the end of the season than what it won't look like. Um, okay. I think they can tighten up some things. You can get a little better. But for the most part, I think what you see is what you're getting uh, this year. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I guess that, that comes down to kind of what you think. I've always been – I've always liked – you know, defense in, in football, Juwan, you know, I think the best football score ever is 17 to 10. Like that's great. If it was a 17 to 10 football game, it was probably, it was either terrible offense or really good defense. But point being, they've shown the ability to make the stop when it matters, but they've also been the reason opponents have stuck around. So I know that was a super long answer, but I think that that's kind of the view I'd have on it. Seven games in. No, for sure. I'm and I'm sure that's a that's a question that a lot of OSU fans probably have because again, as I said earlier, I still think a lot of people are thinking that OSU's offense is playing above expectation. So when you look at a game like forty eight to thirty four, we don't know if the forty eight points or we can pretty safely bet that the forty eight points won't be a consistent thing, but the giving up thirty plus points has been something that OSU has done the past couple of weeks. So that's why I asked that. But continue on to like some specific players. And these are three guys that we've talked about a lot. Nicholas Martin, Kendall Daniels, and Colin Oliver. They were your three leading tacklers. Um, what did you see out of them Saturday? Yeah. Once again, you know, you talk about high-end talent and, and guys stepping up. Those are the three on, on the defense that are going to show up on the stat sheets um, because just how they're used and what they're able to do. Um, you know, Kendall Daniels, I think he made what we just talked about fourth down stops. He made the biggest one. Um, you know, the, the West Virginia quarterback tries to peel out and, and make a run and Kendall Daniels kind of bracketed him, you know, in with the sideline and they were really good tackle for loss. You know, just that I say high end talent, like, you know, this is the NFL or something, but <laughs> You know, they, they, 
the three guys you listed off, minus maybe Nicholas Martin, he's been, I think, the surprise of the year, but he's probably been the most important piece on that defense this year. But, you know, Colin Oliver, Kendall Daniels, you can go back to December, um, and those were always going to be the two guys that were going to be the superstars on defense, that were going to be the ones who fill up the stat sheet, who, uh, you know, make the plays that are needed. And so, yeah, it's no surprise that, that they're up there. All right, Dean. Well, again, OSU fans, they can they can smile for another week, third straight, third straight victory. You call it this stretch the revenge tour. And it seems like they've they've completed their three game revenge tour. Any final comments you want to make before we get out of here? I don't think so. We'll uh we'll we'll hit the deep dive on Cincinnati and maybe a couple other little interesting things Juwan I'll bring to the table that I've 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 uh crunch some numbers i think i think people will be interested to hear some of those so uh yeah check out thursday we'll, we'll do that and uh then of course saturday homecoming Jawan. it's homecoming this week i'm told it's it's homecoming week so that should be that should be a fun time in Stillwater. don't have too much fun down there though dean seven o'clock kick i'm gonna be having <laughs> i'm gonna be having all kinds of be in that press box till about three in the morning <laughs> well you heard them um join us again thursday as we break down osu's um saturday game against cincinnati well we appreciate you joining us for another edition of the osu sports extra podcast remember where you can listen to our podcast on anywhere that you get your podcast from where is that spotify apple Podcasts, google please like share comment um and tell us what you think about osu's three game win streak and we'll see you guys thursday all right bye